Support comes from the Discovery Inn on Washington's San Juan Island, an island getaway that's a ferry ride away, now taking reservations for summer and fall. More information and booking available at discoveryinn.com. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. When you head out Friday night for a drink, you might find something really original. Cocktail menus around Seattle are full of zero-proof options. It's a whole new drink category, and the market is booming. Seattle Times food writer Tan Vin is here to tell us about the growing trend of non-alcoholic drinks in the city's bars and restaurants. But first, let's get you caught up. Seattle City Council member Joy Hollingsworth wants to know why LGBTQ plus businesses in Capitol Hill were inspected by law enforcement over the weekend. Capitol Hill blog reports that bars including the Cuff, Queer Bar, Massive and the Eagle were all inspected. In a letter Tuesday, Hollingsworth asks the State Liquor and Cannabis Board for more information about tactics used during the enforcement and what precipitated them in the first place. The State Liquor and Cannabis Board released a statement online. It says officers were doing routine monthly checks. The statement says there's no emphasis on patrolling gay clubs. Artificial intelligence is quickly becoming part of our everyday lives. Now Washington Governor Jay Inslee wants to begin to define how the Evergreen State might use it. The governor signed an executive order that requires state technology officials to develop guidelines on how to use AI with an emphasis on ethical and transparent uses. Recently, Washington's school superintendent cleared the use of AI in schools for use by educators and students. A bill in the legislature would create a government AI task force. And whatever rain gear you've got, keep it handy. It's going to be pretty wet over the next few days. So wet, the National Weather Service is warning of the potential for landslides. The ground is really saturated. Expect daytime temperatures in the 50s until a cool down starting Thursday. If you've been abstaining from alcohol during what's come to be known as dry January, tomorrow is the 1st of February. You have made it through the month, but there's still plenty of options if you want to keep on going. Zero-proof cocktails are having a moment, and demand locally is fueling a market. These days, if you go out for a drink, you'll find a full menu of exotic ingredients and complex flavors with no alcohol. There's a whole industry producing spirits without the actual spirit. Seattle Times food writer Tanvin is here to tell us what's out there and how alcohol-free drinks are changing the scene. Hey, Tan, good to talk to you. Good to see you, Trish. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, glad you're here, as always. You know, fewer people are drinking alcohol these days. I am not a big drinker. In your piece, you cited a Gallup poll that says 38% of Americans don't drink. Why do you think that shift has happened? Well, one thing, we have a lot of factors working here. One is the pandemic, where we drank a lot. So this is overcorrect. Um, and the reality is, even before the pandemic, there was a movement in terms of, for lack of a better word, mocktails or NA, non-alcoholic drinks, just because a lot of people really don't drink. But the difference now, Trish, is like, before, if you did not drink, you just didn't go to bars. Whereas now, it's just more friendly. It's more acceptable. You can go to bars and there are drinks. And I'll give you an example, Trish. And this is no lie. Ten years ago, if you went to a bar, on Capitol Hill, true story, someone ordered a mocktail and the bartender goes, are you pregnant? 
that's unacceptable. You wouldn't dare say that now, but that's how weird it was to order a mocktail at a bar because they assume health reasons or you're pregnant. That's how yeah. weird it is. And this is how much the culture has changed, Trish. I go out maybe four to five times a week because I'm the food and drink writer at Seattle Times. And I would say I have not seen, I have not seen a restaurant that did not have a mocktail or an N and A menu. It's right there next to the cocktails. It's there with the appetizers and the entree. It's a new level of thinking. When did you start to notice that shift, Ton? I'm looking back, Trish, and I'm looking at some of these menus that I see have mocktails. And I asked the bartender, says, oh, we've had it for three or four years. People didn't order as much as they do now. So it's always been there. Trish, I just think people want to be healthier. This is a dirty little secret. A lot of people don't like to get drunk. A lot of people don't like to have multiple cocktails. So if you don't, then you don't even go to bars, right? You just don't. But now you do because it's more acceptable. It's more friendly. I think that's really interesting, Ton, because we've been talking about these as mocktails, but that's not even really the way people refer to them anymore in this healthy, sober, curious environment. Yeah, it's like mocktail is like a four-letter word now. Like you would really <laughs> offend a lot of people who don't drink because 10 years ago, yeah, you just says mocktail, whatever, and they it's like, oh, you want a virgin cocktail. It has become so popular where it's considered an art and craft. So they don't say, we're not mocktail, which means they're trying to be a copycat of craft cocktails. No, we're a whole new category, a whole new drink category, a whole new flavor profile. So they like to call it NA, non-alcoholic drinks. That's really interesting because I have had some really fancy, tasty, non-alcoholic drinks over the past year, but you're the food guy. So let's talk about what you're seeing on drink menus. Take Canlis, for example. I would say that they spend more time on their N.A. or mocktails than they do in their craft cocktails. They take purple corn and they reduce it down to like a syrup. And they add this like N.A. Amora with like Barky and Rudy and they hack it with vanilla beans. And then they top it off with this like non-alcoholic sparkling that tastes a lot like champagne. So you get this really complicated kind of Negroni-like drink. Um, They have another drink with like bubble tea. It's like cider to give you that bump, that little texture that you're looking for. And it has all these fruity notes. Because the problem with these drinks, and bartenders are figuring this out, is what mocktails lack is that I call it the ump. It usually tastes too thin or diluted. So now bartenders have a lot, one, products to play with, where they can take a shortcut, just open this magic bottle of NNA, spirit, whatever, or they make their own in-house stuff. I want to talk more about those spirits because here's a question I have. Are these drinks trying to recreate the taste of booze or is it something else? There are two schools of thoughts on this. One, yeah, people try to do an N.A. or like a fake tequila, whiskey, gin, and so forth. And I would say those are the inferior products. And I think everyone would agree with me. Because basically, you're just tied in. You're just trapped into this like, oh, I have to make it taste like tequila without the burn of tequila or the, the age of whiskey. And then you have the other category, which is, I would say, a lot more popular. And that is just... You create a tasty product that has ump, that has body, has texture. It usually has a rooty, barky note. And those are the better drinks. 
A good example of this is Pathfinder. It is, and again, I am not paid to say this. I was not paid by Pathfinder. But if you're in Seattle, you will see a bar of Pathfinder right next to Maker's Mark and Grey Goose. It is a product made in Seattle and does not try to be like whiskey or anything. It's just has a lot of hemp, rooty, barky notes. So it just works great for like if you like Manhattan, it has that big buzzy flavor or you can line up with soda and it's just refreshing drink and you're going to see a lot more products coming out a lot more products you know the price point here is interesting because as a non-alcoholic drinker out there soda and seltzer was my go-to for a long time if i want a fancy drink though i am going to be paying as much as i might pay for a fancy alcohol drink you will. The going rate, I would say, is $15 and up, usually. If it's just like an NA product with club soda, then it's sort of like a highball, a spritz or whatever, then you might get it cheaper. But if you want a cocktail-ish, like a Manhattan with it's a lot going on, you will pay 15 to 18 bucks for a drink. I know people get upset about that, but these NA products, they're a lot more it's still in R&D development. So they're really expensive now. But I think you'll see the price goes down as more product enter the market. There's like 12 locally made NNA products right now as we speak. You have beer, you have two of the biggest players, Rubens Brewing and Fremont Brewing. They have launched new NA beer in the last year and a half. And wine, you have a West Seattle white center place called Joyous. They do non-alcoholic wine. And the biggest category will be booze and you have like distillery ula and also fast penny spirits they're in r&d they're gonna roll out some products it's a big money generator i am so glad you brought up the money part of this because i want to talk about how this impacts a restaurant's bottom line because a lot of them rely on those alcohol sales where do zero proof cocktails fit into the bottom line for restaurants Follow the money, right? And one of the reasons why they're motivated to give people NA or mocktails is because we have the highest tax booze, liquor booze in the country. And now you can do these mocktails that don't require booze, costly booze. So it's it helps, right? Especially you do the cheaper drinks, it helps. And you don't have to pay the liquor tax. So it just gives you another source of revenue. Yeah. You know, what does it say that it's more accessible for people to socialize without drinking alcohol here? There's just something about booze that we just can't see the trees from the forest, right? It's just like, oh, we're out, so we have to have a drink. It just became the social protocol that's accepted. And if you don't drink, there's something wrong with you. Like the bartender say, hey, are you pregnant? You know, And it's just, it's just a change in mentality, the change in, I like to think that we have evolved as a society where we don't look at people funny. It's a different society. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Ton. Before I let you go, what are some of your favorite non-alcoholic drinks that you've tried? Oh, I say Canon. Any drinks at Canon is awesome. They have a bubble tea drink. It's kind of cidery and has all these pineapple and mango notes. It's delicious. I think they're like, they're like harder brown spirit-like drinks are also very good. Um, Canon, I would say, have the most original drink. Zigzag Cafe, which is like a cocktail temple, is a groundbreaking cocktail bar in Seattle. They started a 
MA menu last year because so many people started ordering it that they just start putting on the menu. And now I think that has helped also because if Zigzag does it, then everyone needs to get on board. Yeah, yeah. Ton Vin, Seattle Times food writer, always glad to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Trish. Before we go, we want to hear from you, specifically if you're a light rail commuter. We're doing a show next week about the construction delays and other issues over the past few weeks. So give us a call or shoot us an email. Tell us how the delays impacted your life. Details on how to get in touch are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show. Shout out to our newest members, Claire, Brian, and Carrie. Really appreciate you. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.